Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we are here on an unusual day for Cyclocross, a Tuesday, but we are going to discuss the Hexiacross in Gullegem and I'm doing that with Issa. Hey everybody. Hexiacross is one of only three crosses this season that is not part of a classification or a group of crosses like the Atheas Cross. Funny story how it got created actually, there were a couple of friends and they were drinking beers at one night, they already organized like a local crit on the road in Gullegem, and they thought well we should actually organize a cyclocross race, so in fact they also did, and in their second year already they attracted 10,000 spectators there, which is a lot, especially for cyclocross races in the south of Belgium, so... Yeah, this year, unfortunately, no 10,000 spectators, not a single one, actually, due to the COVID measures, but there was still a race, so we need to applaud these these organizers for organizing in these tough times, and Isam will tell us what happened in the race there. Yeah, well, in the in the men's race, uh, we knew from the start that uh, there was one guy to look at, and that was Tom Pitcock, the one in, in, that was in shape, the one that was able to beat uh, Van Aert, the only one that was actually able to beat Van Aert um, when Van Aert was there, and... Um, yeah, basically from the start we saw Anton Ferdinand and uh, a couple of other guys that were starting quite well. Uh, but with the nature of this parkour, the, the stronger guys uh, came to the front. And we saw Pitcock that, that was there and also with Quinten Hermans. Later on, Felipe Ors was also able to to stay within these guys. And, you know, we had basically three guys that were uh, pushing the pace at the front. Pitcock was a little bit stronger, but Hermans then had um, had the thing that Pitcock had a puncture, so he could get away, uh, was able to get a small gap. Pitcock uh, recovered quite well from that uh, puncture, then put Hermans under pressure, and then was able to manage a gap of 10-15 uh, uh, seconds uh, on, on Hermans. But from behind, when Felipe Orts was still in third place, uh, there was another under-23 guy that uh, came uh, to the front, and that was Joran Fizeure, who uh, then overtakes Orts for position three and then uh, closes in on Hermans. Uh, and in the last lap, Hermans uh, is not able to defend from uh, from Viseur or lets him by. That's uh, up to for people to discuss. Uh, and, and then is able to get the second place. So in the end, Pitcock wins the main favorite of the race. Uh, Joran Viseur gets the second place and third for Herm- uh, Quinten Hermans. Maybe not the most special race here in Gullegem. The parkour doesn't really have any standout features. It's quite technical and today quite muddy. And as you already said, some Tom Pitcock was the big favorite, and this win, it doesn't surprise us at all. Puncture couldn't stop him today. He didn't even look to need to go that deep, just looked in control of the race, not wasting any unnecessary energy with the race of tomorrow in Herentals in the back of his head. Very mature ride once again, and I mean, we can't really be surprised, and I don't think there's a lot we can say about it even. No, 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 really. I mean, he did what he had to do. He was the favorite when asked before the race, you know, who who are you? Um, who is your main contender? He had to think about it for, for a couple of seconds. And I realized that Hermans was also um, starting. But, you know, with the field that was today, uh, obviously no Van Aert, but also no Iserbeet or Arts. Uh, it was for Pitcock um, a little bit easier and he was just very strong. And I and I would assume that in the last two two laps he was not really pushing anymore. He was just maintaining the gap, making sure that he would uh, finish uh, uh, finish well, not have any mistakes made or something, no crashes, and then uh, focus on uh, the race that's coming uh, in Herentals. Behind him there was a bigger surprise, Joran Visure ending second after a slow start moving forward. First of all, do you think that he earned that second place or do you think that he got that second place gifted by his teammate and team captain Quinten Hermans? I, 
Mm, yeah, you know, for, from what it looked to me, it was not the most clear gesture uh, that Hermans has made, but he he let him by quite easily on a on a on a section which is not really uh, used for overtaking. It was almost you could also see Viseur a bit like doubting if he was actually able to pass him or not because it's not a usual place to to let somebody by. But uh, I think it was a nice gesture, even if he you know. Um, he doesn't. I don't think Hermans really wants to make a big show out of this. He just, I guess, he he felt that you know for him second place will not make the biggest of differences, and he would still finish on the podium, and and then give a, give a guy that's you know having a, a very solid season to be honest. Some ups and downs, obviously, with uh, some under twenty three races which didn't really go his way, but overall having some good results and. You know, for him, it's uh, obviously a, a bigger difference, second or third. So I think for, uh, yeah, I, I think Hermans wanted just to, to, to give a nice gesture, but didn't want to, you know, show it too much. I think that would be too good acting for Quinton Hermans if he really gave that position. I mean, he was struggling, in my opinion, in the second part of the race. In the beginning, he was able to keep up with Pitcock. Pitcock then not definitely going at his absolute maximum. When Pitcock accelerated, Hermans had a puncture. That certainly didn't help. And I feel like after that puncture, the head of Quinton Hermans went down a bit. He knew he couldn't catch Pitcock because when Pitcock had a puncture, Hermans was giving this everything, but Pitcock easily closed that gap. And then he, Hermans kept on doing a bit of work. Team manager or coach, I must say, Geert Wellens, not that happy about that. He said that he would prefer Hermans to sit in with Pitcock. But that didn't happen. Hermans then having a puncture. And from then on, I don't know, the gaps were never that big. But I feel like after that for Hermans, he just, something snapped. He came here to win, I think. And then when that didn't happen, he fell back. Because, like, after that, I mean, when Wieseure passed him, he got dropped. And he was even significantly in trouble that Philippe Orts almost teamed past him. Orts doing all or nothing in the last muddy section. And eventually Hermans did have a reaction to that but then i think that he just i don't think it was a matter of being empty but i think it was more a matter of something snapped mentally that he wasn't able to fully give it head to head with visure but i don't think he would have wanted visure to end in front of him that's just how I feel about it, but for Visure, this is an important second place because he's still competing for a spot at the World Championships, under 23 selection that is. We already said this season he's had quite some okay results, but I think if he keeps this up, he can count on a selection. Who do you think are his main opponents for that selection, uh, Issam? I think for sure, for the, the ones you know that are going to be for that under 23 selection in Belgium they have a few but i think normally van de putte is is one guy definitely to mention nice having um, a strong uh, race in Baal. two wins in a row for him i guess that you know he he's trying to uh, you know his season was not the most consistent one but now he's uh, Definitely someone uh, to to watch out for. So I, you know, you cannot really get around him. Emil Verstringen having a very good last was very good last season. This season not really the most noticeable under twenty three rider, but still having some decent results. Ferdinand, who was today also uh, quite okay. Um, and then I ca- I think you have to look maybe to Vitsemeus. Uh, Jente Michels is is um, 
having some okay results and then maybe also in the in, in Gerben Kuipers. But I think that the the first seven that I mentioned, those are the ones that um, that are going to be selected, and then from there you have to. You know, we can always get some surprises in the Belgium camp, but I don't think that's going to be happening this time. No, unless something crazy happens in the next coming races that somebody really makes a big step forwards and then starts getting in those results, then there can still be a change. But I don't expect that. I think indeed those seven names that you mentioned will be the ones going to Fayetteville. Of course, favorites are going to be Ron Haar. Recent weeks, Nice has been living up to his expectations. Earlier this season, Van der Putte was very strong. Jente Michels has been strong the last couple of weeks. Ferdinand, very consistent. Now, of course, Vizuri getting a podium here. And then the rest will be filled up with Vitsemeuse, Ferdinand de Kuipers or Belmont, unless we get a surprise. So that's definitely something that's going to be interesting. I look forward to the under-23 race. And Vizure is definitely putting his name on the list of potential outsiders with a performance like this because Fayetteville is also a heavy parkour where the start will not be as important as on most other courses. Let's look at our entire top 10 then. We had that win of Pitcock ahead of Vizure, Hermans, Orts in fourth, just missing out on that podium, but still ahead of Tom Meuse, Timmerlier, and Niels van der Putte. The last three places in the top 10 go to Landerloeks ahead of a duo of Alpes in Phoenix, Johnny Vermeers, and David van der Poel. First of all, let's talk about Felipe Ort, who ended just shy of the podium. Strong ride by the Spanish champion. Man, it's a shame that he wasn't able to get on the podium because, uh, man, he fought for that. He was, um, uh, I think for the majority of the race, he was on that uh, third spot. Then uh, Viseure came very strong from uh, behind, uh, overtook him, and then yeah, it was for him. He tried to you know, keep that gap close. Uh, was able to do that in a way it was still a very decent gap and in the last lap he had an all or nothing like you said and he he came uh, he, he could touch Quinton Hermans but then you know that was that was all he had and um, that's all she wrote and he couldn't really uh, do anything after that, that you know that, that was the finish was just a bit too too far away at that point and he, he managed to get fourth place but I think he should be very proud of that result it was very strong from him and yeah, um, let's hope that he can he can do a couple more of those races because it was uh, it was really good from him. Yeah, definitely think that was a good race by him. Shame to see him miss the podium. Don't think he could have done anything more. And overall, just a solid performance. And I expect he will defend his national title this weekend in Spain. If we look at the rest of the top ten. Bit disappointing performance by Niels van der Putte. His form hasn't really been there in the last couple of weeks. There's no real other explanation there, but. One thing that's important to note now is we are coming to the end of a busy Christmas period. National championships are coming and then it's about tiredness and freshness and not all riders have the same freshness now. The Belgian or not just the Belgian, just in general, the national championships have a very unfortunate date this year because how Christmas is. The Christmas period is extremely focused and basically ends with the championships where you normally have a week of racing building up towards Christmas then Christmas, then a week of racing building up to the new year, and then a week of rest before you come to the championships. This year that week of rest isn't there, so the championships are just an extension of the Christmas period, which is unusual and will create an interesting dynamic there, and not all riders have the same amount of freshness. Van der Putte has been racing a lot this season, so I don't think he will be one of the most fresh riders there, so I think that's what's playing part for him. The rest of the top 10, not really anything interesting 
Outside of the top 10, only an honorable mention for Samuel Gaze, the mountain biker from New Zealand. I really enjoyed seeing him do cyclocross and good to see him getting a decent result. It's nothing special, but still good to see that there is uh, mountain bikers who are trying cyclocross. Let's then talk about the women's race. We can be very short about that summary because Magali Rochette had the fastest start, but in the first lap, Sherin van Androy already took over and powered away. She will go on and claim victory here in Gulligum. Behind that, Rochette got overtaken by Backstedt. Zoe Backstedt was in second place for a while, then made a crash, and then eventually fell back into the third place again. Rochette claiming second ahead of Zoe Backstedt in third. Well, there's some. Um, Summary was short. I think there's not a lot we can say about it. I mean, everybody fell into their place, and there was nothing really to see for us. Yeah, there was. There's not. There's not a lot to say. I mean, um, uh, unlike the men's race, it, it you know in the first lap already, it was uh, quite clear that um, we had just a couple of ladies that were a little bit stronger than the rest. Uh, Rochette was able to to stay a little bit with Van Anroy, but then that also quickly ended and. Uh, you know, if you only look to the start list, it was quite clear that Van Anroy would be the one to look at, even though she's only 20, but uh, she has been uh, riding, you know, very good results the last couple of uh, weeks. And um, yeah, this is this is the result of if you have a, a little bit uh, less competitors in a way that are, uh, that are a little bit on equal level. I mean, Van Anroy was just a little bit above the rest. Uh, we still had a quite, I wouldn't say interesting battle, but there was some sort of a battle for second place with uh, Rochette and Buxted. But yeah, in the end, um, uh, the youth lost it from the experience, and Rochette was able to get that second place, which for her is, you know, mentally, I think, a very, um, a, a very good step forward in a way because that hasn't been the best of results for Rochette, and she's trying to fight a little bit back. Um, and then for Buckstedt, it was also, I think, a very good race where she could uh, step on the podium with the elites. Um, only 18 years old. We have talked a lot about her quite a lot in a couple episodes. But um, yeah, just from her, also a very good performance. But you could just see that the last lap was just a lap too much. Yeah, it was a very long race, almost 55 minutes for the winner, Shirin van Androoy, coming closer towards the length that men's races have. I do know that there is a big push from not only saying the Carmen Alvarado but also other riders that they want to extend the women's races to one hour. I personally do not see a reason why that shouldn't be possible and this is maybe already a first indication that it's perfectly possible for them to do so. And yeah, I mean with the rest of what you said I can only agree. Rochette, not the greatest result lately, we've already said it, she's been pretty sick off the bike for almost an entire week if you combine the the cold that she had and then the illness that she had so unfortunate for her hopefully she can recover news on that it's her penultimate race in europe she will be racing in herentals tomorrow before heading back to the other side of the ocean and preparing for the world championships and about buckstead one thing i would like to add i think that buckstead maybe set out a bit too fast because after that crash probably broke her rhythm a bit but also the tiredness kicked in so yeah, I think that's just the conclusion we have to make. I mean, just look at the gaps from Anderoy, 1 minute and 12 seconds ahead of Rochette. Buckset almost a minute behind that, so nothing we can really say about that, except that they ended where they were supposed to end. And we can also say that about the rest of the riders in the top 10. Let's look at that. Behind Van Anderoy and Rochette and Buckset, we find Kopecky ahead of Van der Heide, Ribeiro, Verheestraten, Jana Dobbelage, 
9th place went to Anna Kay and the 10th place went to Erika Zaveta. The gaps here today absolutely huge. I mean, only Ribeiro and Verheestrata were close together. For the rest, the gaps were more than half a minute between all the riders. Let's talk about Lotto Kopecki a bit. 4th place, rider who we know is very strong on the road. I think that she is also putting in good results here in the cyclocross races that she does, considering the lack of preparation she does. She doesn't really do any dedicated training, but she feels like this is helping and boosting her road performances. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, she was interviewed before the race, and the way she was talking about it, it's, you know, she does it for fun, she does it for um, the enjoyment that she, you know, finds in, and as well, like you said, for the preparation and. You know, she Van der Heide was actually closing up on her and, and passing her even, but I was like, well, that's um, that's quite normal in a way. Someone that you know does full time cross is um, is going to have that experience over Kopecky, but Kopecky just uh, a little bit stronger today and was able to to bring that fourth place home. And I think you know you can see that there is some uh, there are a lot of things that she can improve on. But that is for her not really the um, the goal of doing this these cyclocross campaigns and doing those races. She's you know mainly focused on just doing it for the condition, for the for the shape, and making sure that she's going to be in good shape um, on the road. Small look ahead then at the Belgian Championships this weekend. Do you think she can challenge with Sonne Kant or get a podium even? There's always a possibility, but. It is going to be tough. I think she just lacks, lacks a little bit of rhythm, a little bit of... Um, I heard that the, that the parkour is going to have some sand in it as well. I don't know how she's really in the sand, but I don't think it's going to be anything better than Kant and, um, and also Frank in a way, Alicia Frank. I think that is more the the woman to look at uh, for the Belgian Championship. I think Kopecky will be fighting for maybe for the podium, but I think uh, to challenge Kant and maybe Frank is, is going to be uh, a bit difficult. A lot will depend on the parkour. It's a new race on the Lombard side, a military domain in Middelkerke. There's quite some sand there from what I've seen. But then again, there's also people saying that there might be a lot of sand, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's for the sand specialist based on the type of sand they have there. So we'll need to wait and see. I think Kopecky has an outside shot, but I still see Sonnenkamp as the big favorite. And then behind that, you have a group of riders which includes Kopecky, who can fight for second, third, or if they have a very good day, maybe, maybe come close to the title. But I think it will be hard to beat Sonnenkant. A last name I would like to mention is the one of Anna K, ninth place. Bit of a disappointing result, and that's kind of the way her results have been trending the last couple of weeks. Not great. And I think that this all goes down to that collarbone fracture that she had earlier this season. I mean, she missed two months of racing, also means that her ranking on the UCI ranking was bad, start positions were bad, tough conditions to make her return to racing, and it just doesn't help. Two months without racing, it's not only bad for your rhythm in the early phase of the season, but it's also bad because she was off the bike for six or seven weeks, and it just was, it's just hard. She misses a base, and ever since then, I mean, you, you can never really make your season work anymore unless you take a significant amount of time to return to endurance training and build that base back again. And that's a, hard, a hard, tough decision to make, especially when you come back and your results were actually fine. I mean, she won Leuven and in Kortrijk she also got a good result. But that's then just a bit of freshness in the beginning and then after that it's a bit more struggling. So I think that's the story for the season of Anna Kay. It's nothing that we should worry about on the long term. 
but let's hope that things improve for her and of course she does still have a chance of winning the national title because the last couple of weeks she was the best Brit. I mean today she does get beaten by Buckset, but the last couple of weeks she was comfortably ahead of Buckset. So let's wait and see. Hopefully an interesting battle at the national championships. However, first tomorrow, Herentals. Unfortunately, we have bad news about Macho van der Poel there. Isam will tell us what's up with him. Yeah, it seems that uh, van der Poel uh, is not going to be starting. He wasn't on the start list at Herentals and uh, there were these doubts that he you know, might might be added later on. But um, you've heard that he's not going to start in Herentals. There is still not really uh, some significant news about what he's going to do uh, next, if the nationals are going to be a thing. But it seems like he's going to skip this this week uh, and, and maybe a couple more weeks. Uh, and it's you know a bit unclear what's what's going to happen next. But what we know now for sure is that Herentals is not going to be to be happening for him, and that the champions, the national championships, are also not really. Uh, uh, they seem also quite unsure and uh, probably not going to be a thing for him. Unfortunate news, but health goes first. So let's wait and see what the news is on the rest of his season. But the comments of his dad weren't that optimistic. But We'll wait and see. He also said that the team Alps in Phoenix will have the last word and they will handle it. And Adri was just speculating from the outside. So let's wait and see on that one. Anyway, Isam, thank you for being here to talk about the Hexia Cross and Gulligan. No worries. Thanks for having me. We will be back tomorrow with a new podcast about the X-Duel Badkamerstoffe in Herentals. Fun parkour. So I'm looking forward to that one. Hopefully you guys will all tune in to listen then again. Goodbye.